What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of Arlington County. It's Clarendon, of course. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back for episode number 89. And, of course, to get us through this episode, to my right, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Do you realize that we're in an apop- apocalyptic situation right now? Apocalyptic situation. It is 65 degrees outside <laughs> on January 12th. Most people are really happy about this. I'm not. You're the only one. They have snow in Portland. They had a snowocalypse in Portland, Oregon, and we have 65 degree weather I'm here. I'm currently wearing shorts as we record here on Thursday. Uh, also uh, to my left, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, I sure hope it's not an apocalypse because I finally have something to look forward to in my life. What's that? Uh, Disney is coming out with a reboot of the DuckTales franchise <laughs> really? this summer. Yeah. I didn't um, know you were a big DuckTales guy. I'm very pumped. Who isn't? DuckTales was awesome. Uh, I don't know if Joanna even knows who DuckTales is. Is yeah. that out of her age range? If she doesn't know DuckTales, then we should just end this show right it's now. It. Yeah. It's it. It's it. I'm she looks a little it's puzzled. Like Donald Duck. Oh my God! This is you're the worst. Wow. Is it not Donald Duck? It. I mean, Donald, Donald Duck? Duck shows up uh, occasionally in it. Ducktales, boy. Let me give you the the abridged version of Ducktales. It's it's uh, Donald Duck has to go work on an aircraft carrier. So Louie, Dewey, and Huey go live with their uncle Scrooge, who's the richest man in the world, and he's constantly going on adventures. I knew to, of DuckTales. I didn't know all these details, yeah. but um, and they have like other characters. It was groundbreaking when it came out it was probably one of the best uh what top made it, what made it groundbreaking just amazing okay. it, it, it was just it amazing. was amazing yeah and and so now they're they're rebooting it it's coming out this summer and they have a, a ridiculously good cast i was very surprised by that um, is this a movie or a show oh it's gonna be a television show i believe oh was it originally a movie no oh tv great, show it came on every show. every afternoon now you know this because of your nieces i assume no i'm an adult man who watches <laughs> <Okay>. cartoons <laughs> all right well i'm glad you had I, that look to look forward to That's i got great. uh i did get my nieces uh the ducktales dvds for christmas one mm-hmm. year and they were like what's this but then they started watching it and they're like this is great this is so cool i'm sure the animation has improved uh greatly from the the uh, videos you gave them yeah i'll be honest so i watched the show with my nieces mm-hmm. uh it doesn't really hold up <laughs> but it was great <laughs> you remember it see that's the thing yeah. you should never oh, rewatch those things no you should just, never go back yeah. yeah just let it uh Live in your memory the way that you want it to live. That's why I'll never go back to Cologne, Germany. That's very true. Because uh, that was such a good time over That's there. That's very true. And I know that going back there will, will can only make the memory uh, worse. Yeah, and that's uh, for three or the three or four listeners out there who were, were with us in Cologne, Germany. Yeah, yeah, probably the greatest moments of our life. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Transition from that, uh, we do have a big show today, guys. Uh, Excited to be joined by Jacob Fry. He's a city council member in Minneapolis. He's uh, representing the third ward there in Minneapolis. Uh, He is running for mayor, and... Is that that's kind of a stretch, Farley? He's <laughs> running for mayor, so we put him on a running show. Well, uh, as it relates to this show, he is a former uh, pro runner. Oh, okay. And uh, a former elite marathoner, represented the country at the Pan Am Games. 
uh, a few years back. Also, he's from Northern Virginia. I uh, went to Oakton High School. Did he run at Oakton? He did. So I can look forward to 20 minutes of high school talk <laughs> yeah. about Northern Virginia? At least, at least. Uh, you know, he's a busy guy, so he may only give us 15 minutes and then, you know, 20 minutes. We'll, we'll make sure we'll we... Post, we'll, we'll post cap uh, a lot of yeah, high school talk. We, d- we definitely. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to that. So he was a star runner at Oakton High School. Of course, uh, a Northern Region school. And Docs and I, of course, are... Proud alum of Northern Region School, so we will get into that with Jacob Fry, who's running for the mayor of Minneapolis. Also on today's program, uh, we are excited to have uh, Joanna recount another Uber story. Oh man, I can't wait. Uh, those are always fun to fun to talk about. I also have a parenting uh, story slash uh, event that happened to me that I want you guys to, to weigh in on. Okay, so if you want to know my, I am so excited to talk about Joanna's Uber story. <laughs> when you talk about your parenting, it makes me really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> well, er, it, you know, everybody's alive. It, 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 everything ended up okay. That's the, the bar. bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, we've got more details on the book that's coming out. It's it's like father, like son, Matt Sensuitz, uh with Chris K, and the book comes out. January 27th, and we got some details on how we're going to be involved in promoting the book. Exclusive details, I believe. Exclusive details. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, before we get into Jacob, um, I am really disappointed about my weekend because uh, this weekend is the Kai Shai gift give. Oh, well, what the hot item last year was a jacket, <laughs> I believe, right? It, it was uh, maybe a UVA jacket. Yeah, the old... Yeah. The yeah. old yeah, good, old school good track memory. and field jacket. Yeah, um, I unfortunately am not going to be in town for it, so oh. I'm going to miss this year's uh, rendition of the the Kai Shai gift give. But he has a valid excuse that lots of people use. What's that? He has to go to his wife's work. Yes, I do have to go to. <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't miss things because they have to go to their wife's job? Yeah, so I've got to head up to Penn State. And uh, I will be watching James while uh, Julie coaches the, the, the Hoyas. You're going to be babysitting? I was <laughs> about to say babysitting, but I've realized. I know. <laughs> I corrected you already not, earlier this that's week. That's not the term to use. So I'm going to be uh, at, uh, at, at Penn State while uh, these guys will be going out and having a good time on Friday. Yeah. Uh, you know, spreading a little bit more of the holiday spirit in mm-hmm. doing our second Yankee swap. Since we had such a successful Yankee swap on the podcast, right? Uh, these guys, the Kai Shai guys, are going to be doing uh, a Yankee swap. Kai Shai, of course, for new listeners, are the guys who ran at the University of Virginia with Docs and I. Uh, it's a close-knit group of friends. And additionally, and this is where the real dagger is, they're going to be heading to the MGM. Oh, oh, that casino. must be so hard for you. <laughs> it is. I was, I was going to ask why you didn't just bring James to the Kaishai and just formally initiate yeah. him, but now I see. I don't think you can have babies. Twenty-one in casinos, and older at right? the casino for yeah. sure. Twenty-one and older there. Yeah. yeah, so they're going to be headed out and they're going to be able to sample the new MGM casino. And of course, uh, my resolution for the New Year's, much like last year, was to gamble more. Not off to a good start. Not off to a good start. So that is, is, is super disappointing. But 
I am going to replace that event with another event up in uh, Penn State if I can. Um, what event is that? I'm going to be running a, a mile, an indoor mile. Oh. Yeah. So I decided since I am not going to be involved in this fun activity that I'm going to do a little something for myself because I deserve something for myself <laughs> here. I mean, I'm not sure Julie would agree with that. But uh, there is an open mile before the meet. And Julie said, yeah, sure, sign up for it. So I did. And it starts at 11 a.m. Unfortunately, her meet starts immediately after the open mile. So I'm going to be running this all-comers race. And I'm supposed to be watching the kid. But Are you going to run the mile with James strapped to you? <laughs> no, I, I was not planning on doing that. But now that she realizes that the, the race actually starts 30 minutes before her team actually has to start competing. The real re reason why we're up there, the real reason why I'm there to miss the gift give, she's not thrilled about the, uh, about the race. So we will see if I actually run the mile or not. It sounds like Farley hasn't figured out how to translate Julie's yeses yet. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes when she says yes, she means no. Right. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think she gave me a uh, sympathy yes because she knew how disappointed I was about missing the Kaishai gift give at the MGM casino over there in National Harbor. And she probably thought that you would come to the right conclusion and, and decide not to run. Not to do it. Yeah. Right. Understanding that the real reason I'm there is to watch the kid while she can do her job. To babysit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But uh, I may be running an open mile. I still think that, that uh, you guys are just absolutely fumbling the red shirt freshman yeah. Yeah. situation. And and she did mention something um, last week, looking for a volunteer assistant. And maybe she got that from listening to you, Docs. Instead of the red shirt freshman, a volunteer assistant right? who would essentially be a true babysitter. Right. She's looking for an assistant coach on nanny.com. <laughs> right. Exactly. One of the Kai Shai guys... Um, recommended maybe going on care.com and just why are you advertising for something real <laughs> oh. oh okay that's true they are not paying money to be on this uh program i don't think the food on the table was was sponsored no, by them it's point. sponsored by asics that's a good point so by the way asics snacks are back snacks are back with we'll, a note too we'll, we'll get into that uh so anyways no nanny.com no care.com i'm going to be there Hopefully doing the mile. I'll report uh, back next week uh, if I did the mile and how that went. All right. Well, we cannot wait. Uh, today's snacks are sponsored by Asics. Again, back for 2017. Well, because I think we had to re-up the sponsorship deal. Yes. Yes. So thank you to Greg. Uh, he gave us a note and a lot of healthy snacks except for those Krispy Kreme pies. Well, the Krispy Kreme pies, he said, he gave us um, <clears throat> to provide plenty of calories since we haven't had snacks in over a month. Mm. Yeah, that's true. They I tell you what, the thought is very thoughtful, Greg, but this guy does not need more calories. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a, uh, a lot of your daily ca caloric intake here. Oh, can I have a box? Let me see what the... Uh, I just want to look at some of these numbers and, and impress well, I mean, it's, our... It's, it's 400 calories, so I mean, I don't know if... If it, uh, that seems like a lot for one glazed blue blueberry pie, dunk. I know, but you get fifteen percent of your sodium with just one of these things. That's true. What was it that he wanted to eat? 
iron Reese's pieces. Reese's this, pieces. This giant yeah. two thousand yeah. calorie right. Reese's. Yeah. No, um, not Reese's Pieces. Reese's Cups. Sorry. Reese's Reese's Cups. Is it 2000 right. Did you know that there's now Reese's Peanut Butter Cups with Reese's Pieces inside of them? I'm sold. Wow. I um, haven't been able to find one, but I've heard about them. Well, this has your 8, 8% of your daily iron. So this has this is a better intake of iron than uh, than the Reese's Cups. You hear that, Greg? More glazed blueberry pies from mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme. Well, whatever 100 divided by 8 is, that's how many I need so that I can get my full iron. Well, if it was last week's math show, we would be able to determine I know. That, but we sh- I should have sent this into last week's tweets. Yeah, not this week. Um, and then I did want to get to one other thing uh, before we get to our guest. Uh, I did not. I'm sure everybody's waiting on their edge of the seat for this. Did not how do you narrate the show? What's that? You narrate the show. I, I do. Yeah, like you, you, you know, like if you were an actor, there's things in parentheses. Yeah. that's like the direction. Right, you like right, read that right, out loud. Right. That's <laughs> that's probably true. I think it's just a verbal crutch that I have, Docs. Okay, well, yeah. I I didn't so, mean to break down yeah. the fourth so, wall there. So, so go ahead. Anyways, I did not go on my camping trip. Julie got sick. <gasps> what? What? So we moved the podcast up two days for nothing. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just sad that you didn't get to experience. Yeah. Unplugging in the woods. Yeah, so I stayed. I, I stayed forgot home to work. ask if London made it back to DC too. Yeah, well, nobody went. So um, wait. So what happened with the? Did you guys lose the deposit? Lose on the, the deposit on the Airbnb house. I would have taken it. Yeah, I should have. Uh, yeah, I should have yeah. contacted you yeah. and said, "Hey, uh, th- but you I go was, unplugged." I was thinking that's the last thing you need is to go out to the woods by yourself <laughs> <laughs> in a cabin in the woods. We never. Might I'm basically in a cabin in the woods <laughs> by is. myself already. Listen, I actually suspected this because you sent a couple text messages yeah. when you were supposed to be there. And I was like, I, I didn't want to say anything. Yep. Uh, but I was like, boy, this guy's not unplugging like I he know. was instructed. I, I didn't end up going. Very disappointing. Uh, in hindsight, you know, I was disappointed. But, but to tell the truth... Um, I was kind of scrambling for a gift for Julie, and you know how that kind of how it kind of goes for Christmas. Okay, so it's the thought that counts. And oh, we, so this was your Christmas gift that to was her? A, my Christmas gift to uh-huh. her. Oh man! So I didn't have to. I didn't end up having to rough it out there. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, got, rough it in an I Airbnb still, house. I still, I still got credit for yeah. the gift, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, no, that's a huge victory. <laughs> I mean, you should pat yourself on the back a little bit harder than I, you are. I mean. I, I didn't have to unplug for two days mm-hmm. and make s'mores and be out outside in the cold and risk uh, my dog's life. I got to stay home in the comfy confines of the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it all ended up working out pretty well. So don't feel too bad for me. I don't think that's a concern. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, excited to be joined next by a guy who's running for the mayor of Minneapolis. Running show. He is currently a city council member at the Third Ward in Minneapolis. It's Jacob Fry next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Joanna, excited to be joined by. He is a city council member for the Third Ward of Minneapolis and running for the mayor of Minneapolis. It's Jacob Fry joining us here on Pace the Nation. Jacob, how are you, man? I am doing well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, you're running for mayor, obviously. 
yep. which is super exciting. Uh, you're a former professional runner, and you know you you grew up here in the Northern Virginia area, which is exciting to us and our listeners who who live here in the D.C. area. Went to Oakton High School, right? And 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 you ran in high school. And was you were a pretty good runner in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. We had a we had a great team at Oakton. We were. Uh state champs for cross country in 1998 and then uh and then i won the state championship barely uh for the two mile in uh 99 outdoors wow who did you beat yeah. i beat chris feist by uh a tenth of a second wow uh, he was wow. from he was from hilton and, and the, the joke is so i had previously lost two state championships to alan webb by like less than a second he's one of my best friends and you know he, he backed out of the two mile and uh-huh. i joke that he was he i joke that he was scared but probably the reality is that he just didn't feel like doing it <laughs> so alan webb of course is the american record holder in the mile so uh that's that's pretty impressive to run with the, the likes of alan webb uh you you uh we have a, a lot of connections uh you worked at, at footsteps or arresting for a while and one of Docs and I's mutual friends uh, knows you, uh, and she was Dana Coons, now Dana Thiele. Um, That's right. And, and she, she claims she taught you to read. Yes. That is actually true. Uh, Dana Coons, now Dana Thiele, was my reading buddy who was a few grades older than me. And, yeah, she literally sat me down and taught me to read before either of us were, were runners. So That's hilarious. I, I don't know about my running career, but I probably owe at least my education and political career to her. <laughs> exactly. And you and you worked at, uh, just getting some of the other Northern Virginia connections, you worked at uh, Footsteps. Who was there at Footsteps that maybe they're in the running world still when you worked there? Oh, yeah. We had Paul Zink, who owned the place. Yeah. Scott Roscoe who was the manager at the time. Alan Webb, Samia Akbar, Claire Wood. Uh, Nicole Meyer, uh, Wild Bill, yes, um, Leslie, Molly. We had a whole crew. We had, we were having such a great time. That's that's awesome. Was, and, and a lot of those folks are still and 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 running. Uh, you know, Claire building shoes for New Balance. Samia works at New at New Balance as well. Alan, we mentioned before. So that's that's pretty cool. You had all those connections. Oh so, yeah, so that was you, great. you Molly Bond, everybody, yeah, Leslie. It was it was a huge crew there. So Jacob, when you were in high school, you were actually racing against some of the best runners in the country. Not not even just the area, um, but talking about like uh, an Alan Webb who yep. was you know a once in a generation runner who's this this kid who's who's uh, just dominating. How was that like being a an elite runner in the state, but then having all these other elite runners that are like running at this this uh, another level? Was it frustrating for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I knew Alan when he didn't know what side of the bed to piss on. <laughs> uh, I mean, this 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 kid was. I mean, I love him to death. Still love him to death. He was a he was a goofball, and he was still swimming for the high school swim team during the winter months. And I hit, I ran against him in cross country. He was obviously very good. And so I used to go to his swim meet. I attended the state championship swim meet to cheer on Alan Webb, hoping that he would do well enough to not switch over and do running. Full time. <laughs> that that is how great. Good he would be. That's great. I, uh, <sighs> you know, so I almost, uh, you know, so I mean, he was good. He, I think he finished fourth place in the breaststroke. His, fresh, his freshman year, 
And, um, you know, I, so I may have uh, almost been the reason that America didn't get a step miler ever. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so Alan, of course, is uh, from Reston, which is, I mean, it's just cross town from, from where you grew up in Oakton, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, we, um, so in 2007, which was both of our best years, that was the year that Alan set the American record in the mile. I think he was ranked number one in the 1500 and uh, maybe one or two in the 800 as well. In the world, uh, right? All, I mean, or, or in the world. Yeah, it's crazy. He was ranked number one in the world in, in at least a couple events. Right. Um, so that whole summer we were training together literally every single day. Uh, and that also happened to be my, the best running year of my career as well. Um, and so it's kind of watching Alan go through that progression where he would surpass expectations in every single race was kind of cool. You know, that was also the summer that he met his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were having a ball. Um, you know, every, all the pieces were just kind of fitting together at the right time. And so I, really good memories from that period i'm telling you joanna northern virginia high school track is where it's at <laughs> so she's from new jersey right. and just can't can't relate but docs and i are totally vibing with you yeah so then then you went on to uh william and mary who was your coach there i was coached by andy gerard for the first four years uh and then alex gibby in the year after that um Alex Gibby went out off to Michigan later. Gerard was at both Stanford as well mm -hmm. as George Mason University. And, um, man, they, they worked us hard. You know what? My, my talent kind of, my talent as a runner, uh, was never in my speed or my fluidity. Uh, my talent was that I could train a whole lot and never really get hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would just put in crazy miles and I, I worked out super hard probably too hard looking back on it right um like how much mileage uh, you talk how much mileage you talking about for our listeners to have some sort of uh perspective well by the end of my career um as a marathoner i was running 150 miles a week wow uh, wow uh, pretty pretty regularly wow. and it was so the way i would break it up is i would do i would do i was doing 15 and sevens so 15 miles in the morning and seven in the evening and then um you know, I would have a long run, obviously, and, and one really intense kind of workout threshold effort per week. Uh, that's what I found to sort of be the recipe of success for me. Uh, but, I mean, in college, I mean, as you guys know, college is like a whole other animal where, I mean, you've just got a group of thugs that are just killing each other right. out there every day. Uh, and I remember some gruesome workouts that, I mean, you're just doing by the end of them. Yeah, give us an example of, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to relate to these type of workouts, but yeah, give us an example of, of one of the toughest. The toughest workout I ever remember was this Michigan workout. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had just come back from spring break that I went on with the track team down to Panama City Beach, and we came back into... Back, back to William Mary for this massive workout, probably a little bit hungover. Uh, and the workout was, so it's, you start out with 2,000 meters on the track, mm -hmm. um, hard, and then you go, your recovery is actually not really recovery. It's kind of, you run another 2,000 meters off the track, but still, you know, 530 pace. At a somewhere fast in pace, there. yep. Yeah, 520, 530 pace. So you come back on the track for a mile, hard, 
you know, you try and hit. I don't remember where we were at. It was definitely under 430, um, maybe 420. Um, Then you go off the track again for a 520 uh, mile pace, and then which was the easy mile, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all this is in trainers too, which I mean, it's like carrying around lugs on your feet. Right. Uh, Then you come back on the track for a 1200 hard. Go back off the track for another 2,000 meters, come back on the track for an 800 meters, and then you do the same thing, and then you finish it off with an all-out 400 meters. Wow. And the rule is that you got to break 60. And so on this particular occasion, I was running in a, in a group full of mainly milers, and I was the longer-distance guy. And um, while I wouldn't usually have any trouble breaking 60, at the end of this workout, <laughs> I was toast. <laughs> right. And so I ran 60 flat on the last 400. And the rule, and since I didn't break 60, the coach says, you got to do it again. You're kidding. And yeah, so I, so I take a brief recovery. I go back to the starting line. I get ready to go and I go to do it again. And I ran 60.1 again. <laughs> he did not tell you to do it again. And, 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 you know, and by the way, on this, I remember one of my teammates was actually kind of, pushing me along the last straightaway because they knew it was going to be close. Still oh. didn't get it. He says, do it again. And at this point, my rest of my team is done. Wow. I ran it again. It was like 62 seconds. <laughs> of course. And, I, there's no way you're going to hit it now. No. Now I'm done. Right. And, and then I do it. He says, do it again. At this point, like I'm practically crying. <laughs> and he says, do it again. I went 65. Do it again. I was like at 67. And I mean, I have never hurt so bad. Uh, other than that, than that particular that's, workout. That's, that's an incredible story. Uh, for the listeners yeah. out there, we would probably recommend not, you know, doing it again and again and again and again. Yeah. Maybe a little, a little too much, but that is an awesome story. Yeah. So you went on to run at uh, William and Mary, and then went on to run professionally. Like, was it always a goal for you to to run professionally, or? just kind of happened because you were good in college you know my my goal my whole running career was to get a usa jersey um that was kind of the thing i wanted to represent the the country on the world scene um and so after college was over you know i kind of topped out at five thousand and ten thousand i really wasn't good enough or fast enough i should say to uh to qualify for a world team or a Pan Am Games team in that event. I started moving up to the marathon, which inevitably became my my best event. Yeah, and you ended up uh, running pretty pretty fast in in the marathon. And where did you end up training? Did you train uh, in Northern Virginia? Did you train in Minneapolis? Where did you end up training professionally? Uh, well, a few different places actually. So right after college, I went out to join the uh, Hanson's Brooks uh, uh-huh. Olympic Development Project north of Detroit. Um, and so I ran with the Hansons and uh, Brian Sell and a whole crew out there for about a year and a half. Um, and then uh, and then I decided I wanted to go to law school, and uh, so I moved back to uh, to the Philadelphia area and, and a little bit northern Virginia too. And I kind of continued training. And actually, I had the best the best part of my running career was I, when I was when I was in law school. Huh. Um, yeah. So I was. I was all over. I, and yeah, I did a lot of training in, in Northern Virginia over the summer of 2007, which was kind of when I was running at my peak, and, uh, and a little bit in Philadelphia, too. 
Yeah, and it's, it, I mean, it's it's difficult to compete at that level, I would imagine, going to law school, uh, you know, because a lot of the competition you're running against, they're full-time athletes. Uh, so how were you able to compete with them while juggling a full-time, you know, class class load that you had at, at Villanova? Well, you know, I, I think I had a, a lot of my success in running once I realized that, you know, my just surviving and paying rent wasn't totally dependent on a race result. Mm -hmm. And so once I was in law school, you know, I, I knew I was going to become a lawyer. I knew that there was, uh, you know, life after my running career was over. Um, and I, uh, yeah, the way I, the way I would work it is, is I would start, I would tape law lectures and I would listen to them on like the iPhone, the I shuffle thing. <laughs> yes. And while I was, while I was doing these longer runs, um, so I would just kind of drum it into my head through repetition. Um, so yeah, it was, man, I, I don't look back on that time of my life fondly because it, man, my goodness, it was lonely. You know, you're alone when you're studying for law school, you're alone when you're you know, cranking out 150 miles a week. Wow. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a people person. So right. that was, that was hard. Yeah. And, and you ended up running, you ended up, uh, running a, a couple of fast marathons and ultimately reaching your goal of, of getting that USA Jersey. And how did that ultimately happen? Well, I, I ran the Twin Cities Marathon, um, in 2006. Uh, I came out to Minneapolis for the first time. I really fell in love with the city. I um, I finished just. I, I think I was the very last place that ultimately got selected for a for a USA team, which was the Pan Am Games. Mm -hmm. um, I even had to do a little bit of lobbying in there to to convince one of the guys, Fasil Bazuna, who was ahead of me, to decide to run the Chicago Marathon and take home a nice paycheck so that nice. I could slide into his spot. There, yeah, there, there's how you became, that was your first, is that your first entry into the politics world? I think it was. <laughs> nice. I think it might have been. So, yeah, he, he decided to, to run a different race. I think it was Chicago. And yeah. uh, thankfully, I got to, to run the, the Pan Am Games there. And, um, um, I mean, it was, the I, I would say, you know, one of the best moments of my life, getting that USA jersey in the, in the mail in this huge package that came, and I mean, I remember like sleeping in it. Uh, <laughs> and um, you know, you you know, you know, when you know when you have a run and just like everything is clicking, everything yeah. works, and the oxygen is just kind of falling into your lungs, and your legs are pumping, and all you want to do is run harder. You know, that's kind of the feeling that I got. And those are, dude, those are like one one out of every hundred times you run. So it's great that it all happened at this perfect time. That's amazing. It, it really did. Everything was just pumping for me on that look. Yeah, and I finished fourth, which was way higher than, um, I was certainly way higher than I was ranked. Uh, uh and it was, it was just an absolute thrill for me. Yeah. You ran two sixteen forty four. Uh, was it, I mean, Brazil has got to be hot, right? You know, it wasn't that hot. I mean, I can kind of be a baby and complain <laughs> about it. Um, right. but, you know, it was, it, it rained some during the race. There's a little bit of wind, but, um, no, nah, it, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, I, I negative slipped by, I think about a minute plus. Um, and, uh, no, nah, it was just, it was the perfect day for me. Um, I, I can't complain one bit. And I went down there, Chris Lundstrom, who's now, a you know, on the coach out here in the Twin Cities. Uh, 
And no, we had a we had a great time. And then the night after the marathon was the closing ceremony. And oh my god, I had a ball. Yeah. All the rumors that, that all the rumors <laughs> about Olympic villages are absolutely true. That's awesome. <laughs> hey Jacob, you said it was your your goal to get a U.S. jersey. Where's that jersey now? That jersey hangs uh, on my wall in in my city council office uh, over in City Hall. Wow. Um, so yeah, I. I basically show everybody and brag to everybody who, uh, who's interested, and probably not too many people are, but I tell them anyway. So post-collegiately, you also uh, competed in the Olympic trials, and you you ran in the New York City uh, Marathon trials in 2007 for the Olympic trials in 2008? Yep, that's right. So I had uh, three marathons that were all back-to-back. They're probably the best three races in my life. I ran the Pan Am Games in late July, early August, and then the Olympic trials were in November, um, followed by the Austin Marathon, which I won in, I think it was in January or February of the following year. Wow. Um, and and it, this whole time was just, I mean, we were just, it was, it was, things were going well, everything was clicking, we were rocking, and, and uh, went out to the Olympic trials, um, not expecting to make the team, obviously. Um, I mean, there were there were guys. I mean, this is the year of of Ryan Hall and Jason Richenhine and Brian Sell. And I mean, I lived with Brian Sell for about a year and a half, and he's probably the toughest runner that I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, he was just kicking my ass on a daily basis. So it was very evident that you know if he's if he's kind of going to be on the edge <laughs> of making the Olympic team, um, it's not going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I vividly remember um, about four or five miles in, um, seeing Ryan Shea go down, who was a also a Saucony athlete, and I really didn't think anything of it. Um, and then we finished the race, and I, I you know, I, I hear that Brian Sell made the team, so you know, big celebration. My good friend is now an Olympian, accomplishes a lifelong dream, and then the next thing I hear was that Ryan died. Um, which was obviously just a punch in the gut uh, and a major shock. I mean, Ryan, anybody knows Ryan knows him. He, he was a very confident, um, he believed in himself. Uh, and I remember I went for a run with him about a day or two before the trials, just me and him kind of running through Central Park. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, hey, man, you ready to go? You ready to rock? And he says to me, you know, Fry, I gotta be honest with you. Um, before the, the biggest races of your life, you always want to be ready to set the world on fire, but I gotta tell you, something's not totally right. Really? Um, uh, yeah. And then two days later, uh, he died. And he was such a, he was a great man. Wow. That's an amazing, incredibly amazing sad. story. Yeah. yeah. That, that is what a sobering moment afterwards. Well, I mean, for, for people, right. people who don't know the story, yeah. uh, Ryan Shea, he, he ran at Notre Dame. Um, great runner, obviously running the Olympic trials. He had an enlarged heart, uh, and just had a heart failure in the middle of the, the Olympic trials. Uh, and, and just, just while he was running, just fell over and, uh, passed away. Uh Yeah. And if, if you, uh, it's still in Central Park, um, and cause that race, Went through Central Park, I believe. Did loops, it loops in Central, Central Park? Park. Yeah. There's there is a memorial to, to Ryan Shea still to this day. So it's a cool thing to check out if you're ever in New York City for the marathon. So 
how did you so i guess you ran the twin cities marathon so how did you end up in minneapolis after accomplishing this goal that 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 usa team yeah so i i ran twin the twin cities marathon um and uh and then subsequently i was racing actually at the pan american games and i met a, a girl there named tax Farrell, and mm-hmm. on the way over to uh monkey park which was like kind of the training site and I get talking with her, and she's like, yeah, my dad is a, a real estate attorney out in Minneapolis. And I was like, oh, no kidding. Why don't you give me, a, why don't you give me his number? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I got his number and uh, got an interview, which kind of surprised me because, you know, Fagery is probably the top firm in, in the whole state out here in Minnesota. Right. And, you know, my, my grades were good, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't have straight A's. Right. Um, and I am convinced that the reason that I got this job is that, uh, so Fakery has a triathlon team, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they had a great biking leg, which was Charlie Farrell. They had a really good swimming leg, which was some Navy SEAL. They didn't really have a good running leg. <laughs> uh, and so I am convinced that I got this job, and I am in Minneapolis right now because, uh, because of my, my running ability. That's fantastic. You never know where running takes you. I stop telling you, running changed people's lives and actually dictated where you ended up in life. Uh, so you that that that's an awesome story. So you end up in in Minneapolis uh, working as an attorney, and uh, how do you transition into the world of politics? Well, you know, I was uh, I was working at the law firm, and um, I started to get more and more and more into different social justice issues, whether it was, you know, helping the north side of our city or marriage equality or um, different affordable housing projects, you name it. I was just starting to get, that was kind of became my passion. And um, gradually it became apparent that, you know, hey, I, I could, I would be really interested in running for office. And I had, we just had a group of good friends. Um, we had a group of really good friends that were supporting me, kind of the campaign team, and then there was some redistricting, and we said, hey, you know, let's, let's take a run at this third ward spot. And uh, we took a run at it. Actually, one of one of my very first businesses that w- that had the guts to support me against the incumbent was uh, Mill City Running here. Okay. Uh, so yet another running connection. Yep. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we, we ran a tough race, and we, and we won. Uh, so I... Stopped working at the law firm, and, and now I'm full-time on the city council. Hey, Jacob, uh, I'm actually threw my hat in the ring as well into the political <laughs> arena. I'm running for, oh, for president in uh, 2020. Of the United States? Of the United States, go. yeah. <laughs> um, maybe maybe Farley always selfishly gets uh, a lot from our guests. Yes. Maybe you could give me some pointers on, on my campaign, which we kicked off last November. Yeah, well, yeah, start running now, man. It's, uh, <laughs> like you know, physically I, I, running? I, actually, I, I would do both, yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> running away from this profession, perhaps. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I actually compare running a campaign to, to a marathon in, in so many different ways. I mean, you know, in a marathon, you're going to go through ups and downs throughout. Um, major highs, major lows. You got to keep plugging every single day. And, you know, the, it, it, an election is not about what you do on election day. It's about what you're doing in the years prior. Um, and sort of the cumulative fatigue and the cumulative training that you're working up. And it's really the same damn thing in politics. Uh, it's, you just kind of keep slugging day in, day out. And, 
you know, politics is very much a life sport, just like running it. Um, and, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I, I also compare it in, in terms of training, too, you know, like, being in politics is not like a hard 5K workout. You know, like a hard 5K workout is, is one where, you know, you you light the world on fire, you finish with, a, like, maybe even a mile PR, yep. you run a fast quarter at the end, and, you know, you you go home and you tell your mom you're going to win a gold medal. Uh, you know, that is... <laughs> right. I it, love those. That's, that's a 5K. Yep. Yeah, it's spectacular. You know, a, mar- like a great marathon workout is, like, you, you don't even finish. <laughs> you feel like crap the whole time. Right. Your, you know, your legs are burning. You don't hit any of your times. And then you, like, go home and ask your mom if she still loves you. Right. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I actually think running, um, running a campaign is, is very similar because you get hit so hard with these very personal and emotionally draining attacks that, you know, if you're running a good campaign, um, you know, sure, you get credit, sure, there's the glory, but my goodness, you better be ready for some barbs as well. No doubt, man. So you've been, um, you were elected to the, the, the city council in 2013, um, mm-hmm. and I am a political, like, I, I know less than, anything about politics so just but he's still allowed me. to vote <laughs> just just <laughs> bear with right. um so what are some of the things you're most uh, uh proud of that that you accomplished here in the last three uh three plus years sure well, i mean one of the when i ran uh i i was promising to kind of capitalize on the potential in the third ward and the third ward includes uh, downtown and the arts district here and what we said is we said, look, we're going to dramatically increase the residential population, which is tough to do because people push back on it. You know, and it's cold. Change, I wouldn't know. want to live there. And, <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's cold right now, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, people embrace it. The, the bold north, you know? Yeah. Um, They're yeah, all Vikings. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's another thing, actually. Like, one of the – I thought I was, like, maybe slightly above average height when I lived on the East Coast. <laughs> I yeah. swear to God, I move out here. I'm definitely below average. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, well, count me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did some good stuff. We we put in a bunch of new affordable housing that I'm proud of. We got have a have a fully connected uh, Mississippi Riverfront Trail on the east side now, which you know I use on a you know three or four times a week now to to go for my own little run. So that's kind of a selfish improvement that we got. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we got a you know a big vision for the city going forward. That's fantastic. So is running still a major part of your your day, your life? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I still follow the sport, mm-hmm. uh, and I live vicariously through others. There's a group of pe- a group of people that I coach. Still, I kind of give them their I give them their workouts for the following week every Sunday night, uh, and um, I run probably I would say three times a week on average. Yep. It's not crazy amounts or anything. It's kind of five miles a day. And I get out there and pretend like I've still got it. Um, <laughs> when do you usually uh, run? I would say it's usually in the evenings at some point. Um, so kind of whenever I get done with all my work and, uh, it's usually kind of a later night run, uh, out and around the city. Um, and then we run, I run on the weekends as well. Um, but it's, uh, it's a it's a running atmosphere out here. We've got a, We've got a lot of really committed people that'll get out there regardless of the weather or the cold. Uh, it makes it fun. 
Um, and so according to the Trust for Public Lands uh, 2016 rankings, Minneapolis is also the number one city for the best park system. So can you talk a little about where people run, where you run, your favorite places to run in Minneapolis? Yeah, yeah, we've got the best park system in the country. We're also the healthiest city in the country. Wow. Um, so everybody's hot, everybody's, you know, good looking and trim. And, um, <laughs> and uh, tall, though. And, yeah, and tall, and tall, and, yeah. And, and, and tall, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it, we've, my, my route is along the Mississippi River. So I I take the, the, the trail down to the Stone Arch Bridge, which is a fully pedestrian bridge that used to be this old railroad. I mean, it's a beautiful bridge that takes you right into downtown. I mean, you don't get a better skyline view than that. Uh, so I, I hit the Stone Arch Bridge up, and then I, I head up further north and cross over, and it's a nice, you know, five-mile loop or so. Um, but, you know, the park system is, is really spectacular here. Uh, they the, the park trails are usually plowed before the city street. Really? So whether you're, bi- yeah, whether you're biking or running, um, uh, you can you can get places a whole lot faster than if you're driving. So wait, tell me about your summers. Cause right now I'm interested in moving to Minneapolis. She, yeah, yeah, she, she loves, heard. she loves the cooler weather. Well, it is. So from about, I would say May through December, really it's beautiful. Um, I mean, it's, uh, in, in the, the weather is warm. I mean, the summers compared to the East coast, I mean, very little humidity. Uh, it's, it's really absolutely beautiful and people are out. I mean, they get, they get the fullest out of every single day, um, when it's warmer. Well, this is, this is, this is perfect. So you're trying to grow residents in, in the third ward. I'm sold. (laughs) You got to come out. I'm telling you, you would love it. It's, uh, and and people really embrace the winter too. They're not afraid of it. They, um, they're outside, they're cross country skiing, they're, they're running and they're they're biking to work with you know full garb you know head they've got you know heavy hat on face mask everything and um, people aren't afraid to get outside and they kind of live fully regardless of what time of the year it is because they're really cool active mentality to have. Um, so again, political total novice here. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you throw your hat in the ring <laughs> to be mayor? Like how does that how does that happen? <laughs> well, uh, you know, you just kind of, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's several different ways of doing it. Um, uh, I, the way I threw my hat in the ring officially was, uh, it was at Dangerous Man Brewery, which is one of our, uh, authentic, fancy, um, uh, it's the best, it's the best, one of the best beers in the state. Nice. Um, and, uh, we had a huge crowd out there that was all pumped up and I, uh, I, stood up on the top of the bar and I gave the pitch to big vision and said, I'm running for mayor. Wow. Now did, yeah. did you, I mean, I'm sure you had, it wasn't spontaneous. You don't just stand up on the bar and say, I'm running. for well, mayor. Sometimes when you're hanging out in a bar, you spontaneously stand, <laughs> stand up, up on, on a bar. The bar yeah. <laughs> but, but you, you have to go, there's gotta be some official paperwork, right? <laughs> yeah yeah there's official paperwork that actually you know the official paperwork and saying you're going to run actually doesn't even take place until this next summer okay but clearly you've got you have to have a full-on campaign operation up and running far before then so you know and it 
I mean, it takes a while to, to build a coalition, to obviously get name recognition, to, to have a, build a platform and a vision that, that you believe in and that people are willing to follow. Um, and you know, all that takes time and, and experience and, um, you know, it, uh, and these, these campaigns are tough and, you know, nothing, victory is never guaranteed, but, um, you know, I love it. I love, I'm a, I'm a very, uh, extroverted person. I love talking to people and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about, about helping folks in Minneapolis. Now you probably have a team uh, of folks who are helping you, and and Joanna and Docs. Uh, one of his team members is Zach Farley, who I've been corresponding right. with, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, you got th- this guy has got to be a good guy if he's a Farley, right? Uh, but right. I, I'm sure you have a, a a team of 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 people who help you campaign. And how long does this campaign last? And when is the when when is the election? The election is in November of this year. Okay, uh, so we've still got. Uh, you know, 11 months to go. We're on mile three right now. Uh, if that. Okay. Yeah. How, how big is your team? Well, the, I mean, we've got paid staffers. Uh, we've, but then on top of that, you have a whole ton of people that are volunteering their time as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that'll maybe come out a few times a week, a couple times a week to knock doors, to make phone calls, to help raise money. Uh, and you know it's, it's really it takes it takes a whole crew of people really working hard together to uh, to pump out a message. So, Chris, are you going to expand your staff now to have a Zachary Fry on your staff? Uh, if if there is a Zachary Fry out there, do you have any do you have any relatives, uh, Jacob, that uh, might want to work for Pacers running? Name <laughs> Zachary Fry. Cause, and, uh, I will have to. I'll, I'll have to check my family tree. Yeah, and, check, and, if, and, and if they're in there, I'll sh- I'll shake them out and send them over to Pacers. Yeah. Undoubtedly, nice, no, no doubt. Well, we we would love to have uh, a fry work on. Maybe just work on the podcast. Forget the store, just the podcast. Yeah, I'm in favor of that. Yeah. All right, Jacob. <laughs> well, good luck to you, man. We're gonna have to uh, stay in touch. Uh, you'll have to keep us updated. Uh, what are your chances? Can, can you win this thing? Will you win this thing? We're going to win this thing. Yes. Absolutely. You know, uh, you, you got to you go into a race believing uh, that you can win, and I, and I sincerely do. Uh, we've got such a great team, a coalition, and I, and I think we've got a message that's resonating. So, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling good. That's awesome. All right, there he goes. That's Jacob Fry. He is running for the mayor of Minneapolis, and he joined us here on Pace Nation. Hey, Jacob, man, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. All right. There he goes. This is Pace Nation. We'll take a quick break and be right back. All right. Welcome back to the program. And thanks again to Jacob Fry for joining us here on Pace Nation. He is running for mayor of Minneapolis. He may get me interested in politics he really might <laughs> he really he, he might he might be the one well if he could reach one person i'm <laughs> sure that uh, yes. job well done yeah in a one person who can't even help him in the voting but no he was uh, awesome um really good stories and best of luck to him uh in his campaign so guys i teased a couple things from the beginning uh, i wanted to tell sort of a parenting story oh dear and i wanted to get to that quickly here um 
Before you forget it? Before I forget <laughs> it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Julie's back to coaching full-time. She's taking a class, and every Wednesday she takes a class uh, at Georgetown. And, you know, I'm in charge of the kid and the dog. The dog, as everybody knows... Is in charge of the cat. <laughs> is in charge of the house. Uh-huh. Uh, is got incredible energy. So she really has to go out for significant exercise twice a day. So she hadn't been to her second uh, exercise session at the dog park. And Julie had taken the car, which had both strollers and, you know, the the uh, the, the, the carrier, baby Bjorn, baby Bjorn, the carrier for the kid. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to uh, mm-hmm. articulate what I was saying as I motioned what the, what I was what I was uh, trying to say. Well, the 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 motion that you're doing isn't baby Bjorn, but I <laughs> right. knew you weren't trying to say what it what right, that motion right, means. Right, right. So she had all that in the car. So I just had the kid and the dog. Mm-hmm. So. With really, uh, it, I did have the car seat, so I put him in the car seat, and I drove the dog and the kid to the dog park. Okay. But I carried the kid in a jacket with his legs kind of coming out the bottom, and it probably wasn't the safest thing to do, but you know the dog's got to exercise. So we go to the dog park, we walk around the dog park with the kid in my jacket, get a few weird looks, but that's you know that that's fine. Um, and pretty much accomplished the 30 minute exercise session for the dog. So that's not really where, where, where I feel like I was, um, getting to be so d- delinquent. Was, was that the questionable part? No, that's not really where I felt like I was in this kind of, uh, gray area uh, of parenting. Uh, I actually had to pick up a couple things at whole foods. So take the kid in whole foods with, with same in inside the jacket and, uh, walk in there. Don't grab a cart because I think I got just got to pick up a few things. So you know how that how that goes. You think you got to pick up two things. And mm-hmm. You have like six things in your and hand. And then all of a sudden there's a sale on Snickers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I've got six things in my hand. I saw two people looking at me like maybe I'd kidnap this kid because he's in he's you know in my shirt my mm-hmm. jacket. Uh, finally, somebody stops me and they're like. You need to grab my cart. Just take my cart. And <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm good. He's like, no. He takes his stuff out of there and he's like, put your kid in the cart. <laughs> and wow. I I didn't take him up on the offer. You did or did not? I did not. No. So well, out of out he of was principle like, or I, you know, out of pride, I was gonna juggle the kid and and, and so did the pri- did my pride get the best of me there? Should I taken the guy up on his offer? Where I'm having, I've got six things in my arm. Yeah, you know what you should have done? You should have just said, you know what? You're, you're right. I appreciate it. He took his milk and eggs out of the cart and he was handed, yeah. handed me his cart, which, you know, has a little baby seat area yeah. in the front. But I think your kid's a little bit too young for that yeah, baby so seat Yeah, so that was thing. what I was thinking. So Does it have a seatbelt? No, no seatbelt. So. so this guy's trying to make uh, James, put James in a precarious situation, yeah, ex- to be honest. Exactly. So I think I was in the right there. So I'm glad you guys uh, back me up. Well, first this. of all, Joanna hasn't said a word yet. <laughs> uh, so no, we both haven't backed you up. Second right. of all. I'm still confused about the baby in the jacket thing. So like, is he, are you holding him while holding, he's inside holding him, of the jacket? Holding him inside the jacket. So that his head's coming out of the, the zipper uh, part of the jacket here. So I'm walking around with him with his head coming out of the, the top of the jacket and his feet coming out of the bottom of the jacket. Okay. 
what I was going to say, second of all, right, is that you obviously were in the wrong. Otherwise, you wouldn't have thought to bring it up on yeah, the, on the, yeah. on the podcast. If you did everything right, we do not want to hear about it. <laughs> right, right? right? You don't want to tell that story. Right. right. Uh, so deep down, you may be looking for justification, but the fact that you even brought it up is is evidence yeah. enough that uh don't do that again yeah well i also think that when people do nice things for you like if somebody gives up their seat on the metro for me i'm gonna i'm gonna take it because i think it's really awkward if somebody gets up and yeah, then i'm like it was a little awkward i don't need to sit right like all right i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the seat See, that's where but, I blew it. but furthermore i would say that then like i don't know maybe that guy thought that there were no carts left and like he was being rude by taking a cart when like you obviously needed a cart right so I I don't know. I think when somebody does something nice for you, you should just I should have taken up on it because I mean, I didn't need to put the kid. What he's what he was saying is just put your stuff in the cart. You can continue to carry the kid mm-hmm. and push the cart right. rather than try to juggle uh the three Snickers bars that were on sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't sell Snickers at Whole Foods. Hods know that they don't sell Snickers at uh, uh-huh. at Whole Foods. I will agree with you that I think sometimes people uh can seem like they're know-it-alls yeah uh mm-hmm. so i mean maybe he i don't know how the interaction went as far as attitudes but i still think if somebody is like trying to do something nice just whatever just yeah i i probably misread it i thought it was a little bit of an attitude like you're a it del- may have been you're a delinquent dad type <laughs> it, deal it, it may have been something like that but then that it's also okay for you to pause yeah and and think like okay well i don't like the way the message was delivered right. however there may be something behind it yeah, that's probably and, true. And for you and for James, you have to swallow that pride. You're probably right. Well, I always am. I am the and biggest know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad Julie doesn't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for help with that. Joanna, you had another Uber ride that we've got to discuss. Yeah. So I, um, I've been disappointed in the quality of some of my Uber rides lately for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very excited for the day that I finally have my car. Wow. Well, that makes one of us. (laughs) Well, you'll be happy to know that my brother can't find the title, so I might not have a car after (laughs) all. Wow. Oh, so I see that my envelope full of cash has arrived. (laughs) Um, well, so anyway, so the other day I, uh, I'm waiting for an Uber to pick me up at my house and sometimes Waze will direct people to go through the back alley instead right. of to my front door. So, uh, Waze is always wrong. I just, they're wrong. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Waze can take people in some funny direction, right. but sometimes, um, people realize that. So if they turn in- onto the street behind me and they realize that Waze is trying to get them turned into an alley, they look at the address and they'll come around to my front door. Listen, can I talk about Waze for a second? They spell ways wrong. Like <laughs> right. anybody so, who's trusting ways. Never thought that. Yeah. It's a good call. Yeah. If you're yeah. trusting ways, uh, yeah. it, 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 that's on you. Yeah. Even I knew it wasn't W-A-Z-Y. You don't Wait. know what it is. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, Joanna. Uh, it's W-A-V-E is how they spell it. Yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead. Well, so anyway, so um, I see the the car and the map is on Randolph Street, which is the street behind me, and then it comes around onto my street. Okay. Uh, and I look at the license plate, and then I see this uh, Honda CRV or I don't know, some sort of a like SUV is like stopped just like a couple houses down from me. It's a right license plate, so I'm like, oh great, like they figured it out in front of my house. So I go over, and just as I'm about to open the door, the car moves and just keeps driving. Wow. And I was like. Well, wait, getting the wrong Uber again. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, wait, I got the right license plate. So then this person like drives around the block again. So then I call, um, and 
apparently she didn't even see me. She didn't see you open she the door. Didn't see me. So then, um, as I I get into the car, it's very dirty. It's very smelly. Um, well, she almost drove off with you opening the door. Yeah. You should already be suspect suspect about this driver. Yeah, and I should also mention that I'm I'm late too. So then I I get in the car and she's drinking tonic water and she tells me that she's drinking tonic water because she has cramps and I'm like, oh great, oh, like I don't really want to have any lady conversations right, right now. <laughs> but then she tells me it's because uh, uh the uh, like just uh, an hour ago her her foot was cramping up so bad that she couldn't press the brakes of the car. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is. Wow, you knew you needed a car. Yeah. Joanna, wow. at this point, you look for the hidden camera. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, this. The, Where's I, the red light? Where's the red light? I don't think that you should tell me that as your passenger. Wow, I might start uh, trying to order Lyft instead of. <laughs> instead it's of the same people. Yeah, oh, everybody okay. who does one yeah. does the other. It's true. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that is. I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, and and I should mention that it took us uh, 45 minutes to get to Navy Yard. It's like a 20-minute ride at most. Wow. It's traffic. like a 20-minute walk. I know. It's a little bit more than 20 minutes, but yeah. Wow. Poetry, Joanna. Poetry. So can't wait for that, for that car. Hopefully coming soon. Well, speaking of your car, we may be taking a trip to get this car for you. All of us? Well... She's going to. I think we're going to let Joanna go uh, up to Maine, finish yeah. the journey on her own. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the something reason, Farley she's going to have to do, do for, for herself. herself. Yeah. The yeah. reason I say this is because uh, we've got an exciting announcement that we are going to be partners on the Matt Sensuitz book tour, uh, which is going to start January twenty seventh up in Boston. So Joanna, you can go up to Boston, then go up to Maine if your brother finds the title. Mm-hmm. or decides not to take Dox's money and, <laughs> and, and lets you have that car and then drive from Maine back to D.C. But we will be at Marathon Sports, our buddy's uh, store up there in Boston, uh, and we will be helping out with Matt Sensuitz's book tour, which starts, like I said, on the 27th of January. So that's super exciting. Uh, he's going to have a tour up and down the East Coast, and we are going to give you all the information about it. It'll eventually stop here at Pacers Running in D.C. Uh, we'll have both Matt and Matthew uh, and Docs, Joanne and I, will be helping uh, moderate the discussion between both Matthew, Matt, and Chris Kay, who helped author the book. So I think that's super exciting. Uh, we will have Matthew on the show uh in a, in a couple of weeks when we we're up in Boston to tell us kind of about his training, talk about the book, um, and then, you know, hopefully have him as a continuing guest. So we are official partners of Like Father, Like Son and helping pr- promoting uh, this book, which I think is going to be awesome. I don't have a copy of it yet. Hopefully going to have that copy. I know. Is that going to be your January book? Yeah, it's going to be my January book. Exactly. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, yes, my January book will be. Like who's do they who's have, gonna do they read have it? An audio version. <laughs> so, so Joanna, he's we're going to get one copy, and what Farley would like you to do is come in studio and yeah. read the book uh, <laughs> yes. in podcast form, exactly. and then Farley will listen to your reading of it. Yes. and that way that will knock out both of yours, and I'll <laughs> produce it. So while you're reading it, I'll just listen. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, if you can do that, it's a lot easier to. A book on tape's a lot easier at the dog mm-hmm. park than trying to walk reading the book. Mm-hmm. And and of course, if you've got your kid tucked in your jacket, <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't want thing to hold, yeah. Yeah. some some Whole Foods guy to come up to you and say, <laughs> "Let me hold the book for you." That's a good point. 
All right, great show. Episode is that eighty nine in the books? How about eighty nine? Eighty nine. Uh, thank you to Jacob Fry for joining us today on Pace Nation. He is running for the mayor of Minneapolis, and I think Joanna is going to vote for him because she'll be there in probably the next couple months. <laughs> Especially if this weather keeps up. <laughs> All right. Thanks to Joanna Russo. Thanks to William E. Docks. Thanks again to Jacob Fry. And thanks to you, the listener. This is Pace Nation. We will see you next week. Farley, when are you taking us to Iceland? <laughs> I know, the, t- the tickets are ridiculously cheap. Ninety nine dollars to it's go insane. to Iceland. I would do. I would go there. Uh, I can get my own hotel room, and we could do a show in Iceland just to I, say we did a show in Iceland. I heard Iceland's actually pretty cool. I know it, it, it really is a bucket list country. All right. Well, it's very dark right now, isn't it? That's probably why it's so cheap. Yeah, it's cold, so you'd love it. No, Greenland is cold. Iceland is not. That's why the Vikings played a trick on everybody else by naming Iceland Iceland so that people wouldn't want to go there. This is true. This is not a joke. And they named Greenland. Greenland is just a a glacier. You cannot gamble in Iceland. (laughs) You're out of luck. First thing I Googled, gambling in Iceland, it says you're out of luck. Das is verboten. Yeah, man. All right. That's too bad. Actually, I would say you're not out of luck. I would say you are in luck, (laughs) uh, that you're not going to lose your shirt. Like, you won't even know. Like, I'm sure the money, uh, they probably use euros. You wouldn't recognize it. Right. Uh, So you're, you're like... You'd probably give away and be like, Farley, you just bet a thousand dollars. What are you doing? He's like, Oh no, it's just a little red one. Yeah.